Hi, welcome to the Rosenfeld Review. I'm Lou Rosenfeld, your host, and I'm joined by Rusha Sapatiwala. Hi, Rusha. How are you? Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to have you on the show. Um, I am really interested in the topic you're covering, and everyone is interested in the topic you're covering. I know you're going to get into it in more depth at the Design at Scale conference in June, um, but a taste of it today, the name of your talk at the conference is Remote Together, Craft and Collaboration Across Disciplines, Borders, Time Zones, and a Design Org of 170-plus people. Uh Rusha is a senior manager of product design uh, at Wayfair. You've got this organization that's growing really quickly. you got this team that's growing really quickly. You've been at this for a couple of years at Wayfair. That's fully, right. Fully remote the whole time, and your team's been fully remote the whole time. And, you know, I don't know if we've reached this moment of we've all figured it out. We've all no. figured out remote. <laughs> but I know you've probably been figuring a lot of things out over these past couple of years. Well, why don't we go back to where it started and you, you, you're there a couple of years ago. You, you've been in the design field for some time, 15, 20 years now, I think. Sure. But, but yes. suddenly you're in this large, large organization mm-hmm. hit by pandemic, remote hire, growing a remote team, trying to scale it up. What, where did you begin? And, and did, did you, you know, start taking a step and immediately trip and fall on your face or was it a little more uh, el- elegant than that? <laughs> it was kind of in between, I would say. So um, I am that part of that growth that Wayfair is experiencing and it's growing massively. Um, and we've all experienced a lot of changes in the last two years, um, personally and at work. So this complete remote was new to me. I've always been an in-person, you know, going to the office kind of person. Um, I've worked with teams that were not co-located, but we're still like, you know, a large group of us going in uh, into the office all the time. So it's the beginning of the pandemic. (laughs) We are pretty unsure, like what's where, and, you know, the anxiety levels are really high. And then you join a new organization, a new team. How do you make connections? What is it that you learn? What is, you know, how do you kind of like make that engagement so you feel part of that culture? Um, and so there were some, um, you know, um, angels that were that were on my team that really helped me out. And then from there, um, the team, the leadership team at Wayfair took a deeper look as well. And like, how do we try to make those connections that were earlier organic, but now we need kind of not force them in, but like think about them, you know, be more intentional without overwhelming, you know, you're constantly on your videos and have Zooms on. So there were some learnings, there were some ups and downs, um, things that didn't work out, cadence, time length, you know, how often do you feel like you're stretched or not? But what's what's, yeah. what's the, 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 all right, I'm going to put you on the spot and, and you can tell me to, to, to go drop dead, but if there was one mistake that you wish you could have back, that you're willing to share here at least in public, what would it have been? Um, one mistake. So let me think. Um, at the beginning, um, I mean, in, me including with my team as I was starting to like understand the charters and, and the responsibilities and how I can be uh, impactful to where my team is uh, trying to head, 
was we were trying to experience or trying to recreate the experience that we had in office. So do a lot more like happy hours and like be on Zoom and come, everyone's coming together, um, do virtual lunches a lot more. And that quickly led to some exhaustion um, in terms of not getting enough time to have those deep thinking. So we as teams and as larger orgs recognized that and started to put more focus time on calendars. So they were you were not stretched from like, oh, I can start a meeting at 8 a.m. because I don't have travel time um, to like, you know, going much later because I don't have boundaries. So we started to put much more focus times. And I think that's where we kind of like cut back on things that were supposed to be fun, but they were not adding more value. Um, but yeah, it's like, I imagine like you, people have to kind of try harder to have that fun. And at, at some point there's a level of exhaustion. Did, did you conversely find that there were some just, you know, fantastic successes right out of the gate that you hadn't anticipated? Things that work really well. Um, I, I think one of the things that, that has worked um, well at Wayfair, I feel like, um, especially from the design leadership, is having a cadence of like how we connect, you know, and what is a particular connection for. So um, at when we experience growth at all levels from individual, like the teams, the designers are embedded in a kind of scrum teams, to like what does a larger global design organization look like when you have your design peers in Toronto and Austin in Berlin is kind of like have taking a step back to think about you know what time is it in Berlin if we put this time now at 2 p.m it's pretty late for them you know we can't so be more mindful about when we have those connection times and keeping it open. You can bring your lunch or breakfast or, or dinner, you know, together. So you're being much more mindful about time zones and how people would want to connect. Um, my immediate team loves connecting and will put on our Google Meet and like do the work that we need to do, but like create that in-person environment, but it does not work for every team. So each individual teams and, and levels started to figure that out, like what works. Um, and was it, so it sounds like there was almost a sort of egalitarianism in place that may not have been. So you, you're based in Boston, right? That's where HQ is. I am, yeah. And um, suddenly maybe there's more sensitivity to the people in Berlin and the people in California and so on. Was that more than there had been before you went all Absolutely, over? 100% absolutely. Um, I, you know, took, and everyone, like, you know, we took advantage of the tools that we have um, in Google Calendar, you start to see you can put like secondary time zones and you can put like other time zones in as well. So I always have that open. So when I'm even putting some time on someone's calendar, I'm mindful of like, you know, where, where does it fall and what mindset they might be in. So being more sensitive, being more inclusive and then giving, um, you know, kind of option of like, you don't have to be on camera. You can be optional. We'll record the meeting. So being just, kind of aware of that kind of brings down that exhaustion and that pressure that we need to be on all the time. So um, it, it, did you find that that 
that sensitivity that that led to more inclusiveness and maybe a, a bit more at least geographic egalitarianism opened up any uh new opportunities or benefits did you find for example that people in some of the remote locations who might have been quiet in the past suddenly stepped up in new ways because they were included more than in the past i think i mean one thing um which has well worked for or has worked in the last two years is um remote employees are not secondary like you know um designers are able to kind of use participate in workshops or conduct workshops that are um that are not in person right so you don't have to be if, if five people are in person doing sticky note moving and then somebody's kind of dialing in will not have the same amount of engagement so with with this i think we all quickly learned like how do we make this participation with our stakeholders much more engaging because now everyone's on the same platform and then utilizing you know if you're not comfortable talking you have the type option and those taking a moment during meetings to pause and say what comments have come in mm -hmm. um, so that it it really kind of level feels um you know across how you want to participate and engage well it sounds more inclusive but as someone um let's say in his late 50s i know that um some of the tools that are common probably for younger people in terms of the, the remote stack let's say digital canvas tools may be harder for me to be comfortable with than uh, younger people did you find that um there was any kind of friction for you know, let's say based on age or some other aspects that, you know, people were just not able to get into the remote platform and get as much out of it as others. Does that create some sort of imbalance? Um, I'm not sure if I personally recognize that. Um, I think we put in trainings to kind of have like, if you don't have access to some of these online collaboration tool, how can we spend the first 10 minutes in the meeting to kind of just give you a quick overview of how it works and then let's get into it and then we can always pause and take questions on the on on how it works so that mm -hmm. um so the main content of like what we're trying to get into that agenda and that meeting is met um but i, I mean i think I'm, I'm sure it's been two years but at the beginning it was challenging like how do you run a 25 person facilitate a workshop when you can't see everyone you know you off camera um read those body languages but i think we're getting much much more used to that early on i mean like part of the the tooling or retooling for uh all remote may have included or needed to include people in dedicated facilitation roles, I would imagine. I've seen that with other organizations. Did you find that suddenly there was pressure on people to be able to facilitate remote meetings uh, in ways they hadn't before, that, that, or they didn't have the skills, you needed to train them? Did you have dedicated facilitators for these larger meetings? I think what we had was a really good group of support designers 
right? So if I, I know I'm facilitating next week, it's coming up, I'll reach out to my peers, my design group and ask like, you know, what is the best thing that you've done that has helped you? Mm-hmm. So learning from each other, um, that has best kind of like, you know, and, and that uh, how I kind of open to reaching out and so is everyone. So I think with, with our global design community, we've created the space where we are able to kind of ask, ask for help and say, if you have the time for an hour, would you be able to come in and sit in and then help me if I stumble upon to like take over or like, you know, kind of pause and help me. So um, I think that that is something that, you know, I'm looking forward to sharing um, during during the conference as well as, you know, uh, things that have we've tried and failed and are still evolving where Wayfair is at. That that gives me a good segue to remind the listeners that uh, Rusha is one of the speakers at uh, Design at Scale virtual conference taking place June 8th through 10th. So it's coming up next month. Uh, We can't wait for you to to be there and learn from people like Rusha. Rusha, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to the Rosenfeld Review. Hey, it's Lou, and I want to put in a plug for a very special experience that Rosenfeld Media is uh, putting on. It's the Design at Scale 2022 conference. It's taking place June 8th through 10th, and it will be 100% virtual. Why are we doing this conference? Well, first of all, it's the latest edition of a conference that's taken a lot of different shapes. Uh, over the last seven or so years. It was the Enterprise UX conference for a while, then it was Enterprise Experience. In the last couple of years, Design at Scale. Uh, This year in particular, we are looking back at the last couple fun years we've all been having, uh, taking the lessons, looking at some of the challenges, pulling together and distilling what we've learned and using what those lessons are help map a a path forward. So look at this conference in a way, if you work in a large organization as a designer or researcher, what have you, as an opportunity to reflect and then pivot and take what we are covering in these three days and arm yourself to move forward. That's what Design at Scale is going to be about. Uh, If you want to know the themes, the first one, we have a whole day on this, is design practices in times of crisis. The second day is all dedicated to design processes for a new normal. And the third day, the third theme is design people caring for individuals and teams. If this sounds up your alley, come to the website, designatscale.co, check out the program. I think you'll be impressed. And again, we do virtual really well. I think you'll enjoy the experience. I hope we'll see you June 8th through 10th at Design at Scale 2022. Welcome back to the Rosenfeld Review. I'm Lou Rosenfeld, joined with my, by my guest, uh, Rusha Sapariwala, Senior Manager, uh, Product Design at Wayfair. And we are talking about how designers can work together remotely successfully, because that's what Rusha has been working on at Wayfair. Let's talk about the design aspects, Rusha. Uh, what's been working? What's been challenging? What are you learning? Yes, so at um, on a global design um, scale level, we are at Wayfair, we are over 180 now uh, designers that are across, 
you know, I'm serving different users. So from, you know, on the marketplace, on the customer side, partners, and then internal talent, um, field champions, number of different users. And then across geographies, um, there are, we have tech, um, tech spaces in Toronto, Austin, California, so and Berlin, so and UK, and a lot of like different remote as new members join in, we are much more diverse geographically placed. And so how do we all, regardless of who we serve, kind of come together to support, I think has been a big kind of intentional investment from, from Wayfair and from design leaders is, you know, what are those rituals and ceremonies do we put in place that will help us connect, kind of enhance the craft, make design more visible, uh, support each other in, in, the, in, in the space you are in, and then all, all through doing, you know, <laughs> virtually. So um, one of the big things that, that we do is we have this um, random coffee chat that is a bot that connects, you know, puts two people together and you have two weeks, you, you um, reach out and, and learn. And there are some really great kind of understanding or um, dot connections have come together. I particularly, particularly had this epiphany of, you know, connected with a researcher who was doing uh, research on how customers think about quality when buying things online at, at Wayfair. Um, how do they think about quality? I'm like, this is great because I work on the supplier side and this would be a great learning for us to say, you know, these are the things that the customers are looking for as an, to kind of like understand quality. And, you know, can we make much more of a better kind of connection there? Um, so these, there are coffee chats and um, they're, they're also like kind of, um, mentorship programs were in place to kind of help each other support and also level up. So something like the coffee chat, I, I understand that you have the, the random assignment of uh, pairs of people. That makes perfect sense. Did you, do you also have to combine those assignments with any kind of prompt in order to get those kinds of insights like the one you just described around quality? No, no, we don't. I mean, some, on some of the coffee chats, we realize that wow, we live like five doors from each other in the same neighborhood, and some coffee chats, you know, you learn about like different things. So it is very open. It's up to the um, up to the people, um, and sometimes you know the bot connects us again. We're like, oh, we spoke about it like four months ago. Like, hey, how's it going now? Uh, you were working on this project, so it's very open, and you don't have to. You know, some, mm -hmm. some weeks I'm busy and I, I'm not able to do that. And that's totally okay. There's do, no pressure. Do you have an expectation or um, that you communicate about, you know, keep this per more professional, keep it personal, doesn't really matter? There, no, there are no guidelines. It's, it's up to the connection. I think that is the very, that is the beauty. Otherwise you're kind of, again, it like leads to that exhaustion if you are under there and, were certain circumstances. Now, so that's really open. That's the kind of ritual that's really open. You also mentioned things that are a little bit more specific, like mentoring. Are you seeing ideas for new ways of connecting people in your organization remotely that emerge from the more open-ended discussions that they're having at coffee? Like, did mentoring as an idea come from 
the coffee chats? Are other ideas coming from the coffee right. chats? Right, yeah. I, I think one of the things that Wayfair has are a number of different collectives. So you as a, as a design practitioner can be part of a Figma collective and then get more deeper into that. Or I'm part of like the DEI connective, a collective where we think about like, you know, how do we enhance and like, you know, um, kind of make our um, DEI practices more visible. Um, so those sometimes get formalized in, into like, so mentorship was one of them. Um, what we also do is like, we have show and tells every two week and which is much more formal where I'm kind of talking about, okay, this is the thing that we are working on on this week. Um, my team is doing this and, you know, everyone's kind of showing work in progress work, like, you know, unbaked ideas or things that wherever you are at that point um, of show and tell, which also leads to like great kind of dot connections across like, oh, there's another side of this project, um, which is like much later down in the line, like how do we make a much more of a better end user experience? So those are formalized. A lot of them are, you know, kind of very open, um, open to collaboration on how we want to take it. I love those dotted line connections because they are the, the way you start tearing down the, uh, the silos. Um, are you, in your role as a leader in this organization, do you find yourself almost being in the role of like an editor-in-chief where you are responsible for programming? Like you're the one, for example, who is saying... Show and tell this week is going to be about X and, you know, these two people are going to do, are going to lead it. And next week it's going to be about Y, or is it a bit more open than that? It's, it's much more open to that. And it's also a very collective thing. So we sign up. Um, every designer at every level gets a chance to like sign up and be the host for that show and tell. And everyone's on, on that domain, um, the designer that's working on and in whatever capacity or like how you know where that project is whether it's in the exploration phase or it's in the discovery phase will uh, gets a chance to present you know uh, from their perspective so um which also like leads to you know kind of practicing presentation um talking to like much larger group and then it's a collective effort so um it's much less kind of programming Sounds almost like a, a rolling on conference. You know, you, you're just setting it up. You're setting up the platform, basically, and people know what to do once that platform is in place. What other rituals are you finding have had a real impact? So, one, well, it's not of a ritual, but like it, it came about and like, how do we think about coming together and enhance our craft? And there were there are a couple of the initiatives that's going on, which is, you know, one is a UI um, GXD UI Growth Collective um, that helps um, designers kind of get more uh, collaboratively, kind of get feedback on their uh, on UI, and it's at you know different levels, um, different um, designers that serve different uh, users, uh, and then again across time zones. So finding that sweet spot where everyone be able to kind of like come in. The other one we have is a research empowerment program to like make research much more um, de demystifying it, mm -hmm. and also like um, there's a word that I democratizing it. Exactly that word. All the good <laughs> I D words. Have trouble saying it. 
um, where it's a 12 week program and it, and you know the research, the UXR group really empowers PMs and designers in their space to kind of like think about how they can run a successful research studies and the different types and like what goes into it and how they can be much more of a partner to the researchers in kind of able to stud, um, help study. So I think some of those really help bring not only the craft level up, but then also connect, um, you know, you hear and you kind of work with different um, PMs and designers and um, tech uh, engineering leaders that are not always in your space. And, um, and I think it's a lot of fun, like you, you know, find some really great common grounds where, um, you know, you form friendships. Do you, what about other people outside the organization? Do you find you bring in guests to speak, to facilitate? Absolutely. So we hold this space every year for a two-day, um, uh, we call it the GXT Connect, so Global Experience Design Team Connect. And the Global Experience Design Team is the content strategists, our UXR and product designers together. We have... Um, on certain topics, we have um, guests come in and talk about, you know, it could be collaboration. It could be like, you know, how do you kind of mentor and, and help level up um, and, you know, hear from each other as well, like give chances internally for people to kind of showcase their, um, uh, their passions. Um, we did this really cool thing where in Figma, we had these player cards and everyone put in, you know, uh, there was a template and then we put in like, you know, things that they were passionate about or if they were not a designer, what else, you know, would they be? It was such a great way to kind of like learn about other aspects and, you know, people as whole, because those are some of the things that you miss when um, when you're not in, you know, in the same space together. Yeah, I mean, it it, it just sounds like such an interesting programming and, and really curation uh, uh, exercise to be uh, in a role like yours in a, in a remote organization like Wayfair. So it's exciting. Um, I do have one more question, though, and I wonder if this is really all that valid. Um, you have how many different locations where your remote te uh, team are located? Oh, gosh. So there are, tech there are four tech centers, but then remote location, I mean, everywhere. So and it, it's quite international. It is very international. So my question is, um, do you see a lot of cultural differences that ever present themselves uh, when people are able to sort of have a level playing field in terms of act remotely, being based remotely, being equal members, not like being secondary citizens because uh, they're remote, like they may have been in the past, but they're more, you know, there's a, there's a bit more equity but also um, that might mean there's less of a dominant culture. And then, you know, related to that, sometimes, you know, design has its own culture that kind of trumps the local cultures. How does that all right. play out for you at Wayfair? Yeah, I mean, I think you said it right. I think the design culture is probably the more dominant culture, like everyone's, you know, in it together, um, working to... How do we, you know, make it better? Like, how do we make sure that we are, in a way, supporting each other? Um, the local culture, I feel like, is much 
at at a much um I don't know if you call it silent, but like at, at a secondary level, um, it probably shows up a little bit more on uh, intimate one-on-ones rather than at a um, you know larger um, scale um, that design operates in. But uh, you know, I I think we're all trying to be sensitive, and I think that sensitivity sensitivity and Inclusion is, I feel like, our our best way to kind of make sure that each person, uh, no matter where they are based, has equal voice in in what they're participating in. So, I mean, there's some shared values in place and and they're important ones that help people work together. And it it sounds like that that has been pretty effective at countering any potential cultural friction. Well, that's yeah. exciting to hear. Um, uh, we can certainly go on more, um, but you will be talking more about it at Design at Scale. Again, folks, uh, you know, we do a great job with virtual conferences, so you should be there June 8th through 10th. Um, and uh, Rusha is going to be a big part of that conference. Rusha, before we wrap up, in, uh, in Rosenfeld Review uh, tradition, uh, we want to um, know what you've been reading or who you've been following that you think our audience should know about to shine a little sunlight on them. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So um, there are two things. Actually, I wanted to give a shout out to my team at Wayfair who has been supporting me throughout um, with this talk and putting this amazing programming together as well. And, and you uh, giving me a platform to talk. And then um, as a gift, um, I've been, Pretty hooked onto Hidden Brain by Shankar Vedanta. Um, it's a podcast. I'm not a big podcast person, but I there are a couple that I follow. And the one thing that I love about about his style of storytelling that makes science very digestible, and it's so relevant to us designers who are working in human centered design is to understand the human brain and just how complex it is. It, it constantly humbles me because, you know, not everything that you design is the user is going to behave that way and just understanding and getting that deeper knowledge is phenomenal. Um, uh, my friend, Deepi Cole, hooked me onto it and I'm in it all the time. Yeah, Hidden Brain is wonderful. Uh, you know, he really does a great job of, of, of popularizing some deep scientific concepts, but he does it in such a gentle way so um, a plus one that Rusha, thank you so much. It's great to have you on the podcast. Uh, I'm really looking forward to your talk at Design at Scale. Rusha Sapariwala, uh, product design, uh, senior manager at Wayfair. Thanks again for joining us today on the Rosenthal Review. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Rosenfeld Review brought to you by Rosenfeld Media. If you like our show, please subscribe and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. I'd love it if you tell a friend to have a listen and check out our website for over 100 podcasts with other interesting people. You'll find them all at rosenfeldreview.com. Thank you.